Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show. You can hear us Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. Stand by for launch. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. Stand by to receive our transmission. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. That are alive, you are coming with me. Force will be with you. Always. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. That was the fastest bathroom trip I've ever seen in my life. Zip it, bang. I'm going to have to. <laughs> it's a roadrunner. <laughs> You're doing a roadrunner thing. Yeah. We, may have to, we may have to explain that here in a minute. Remember the kid I'm in that cartoon that. who would always imitate the roadrunner? Yeah. He'd go, zip it, bang. Zip it, bang. But but the kids are sitting there watching the TV with like giant hypnotized eyes. Just watch. I love the Roadrunner. Yes, it's great. It's like great. much like we were on the Saturday mornings watching Saturday morning television. It's a perfect portrait of what I look hey, like every Saturday. Do not you you did not mess with my Saturday morning shows as a as a kid. You didn't mess with that because I I couldn't get up to go to school. Didn't want to. I hated school. And and it it was just it just I didn't like being told I had to get up and go somewhere. That was the thing. I didn't want I didn't want to go. Now granted, elementary school and for me junior high uh school or middle school as it called uh, by some people was much more fun when i got to high school it was terrible i mean you go from eighth grade being the oldest people in the school then you go to ninth grade you're a freshman in high school and you're a nobody Not and a i fan. hated that so and i wasn't a football player uh certainly wasn't a cheerleader <laughs> or anything else so you know <laughs> back then we didn't do that but uh so i wasn't part of that in crowd so i really hated it but uh i didn't want to i didn't want to get up for anything during the week but on saturday morning I'm up at 7 a.m., you know, sitting in front of Bugs Bunny and watching, you know, four hours of cartoons up to American Bandstand, which means I go out and play because I didn't want to watch that. I'm trying to remember the exact timing because <laughs> I think the cartoons started as early as 6 a.m. It may have been 6.30 or 7. I just right. know a couple of Saturdays I was so ready for cartoons, I woke up and I was disappointed that I was before the cartoon started. Yeah, I was the general, like, I'm like, oh, where are they? <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, if I was getting up to go somewhere on Saturday, if we were actually planning Friday night to get up Saturday to go to Six Flags or or, or Disney World or, or an amusement park or go on some vacation, then I would get up, too. Yeah. I'm up and ready to go. You know? Yeah, super excited. And I could ne- it was it's hard like for me. Christmas morning. You it don't was, sleep during Christmas. I was about to say, I, am, I was so hard for me to go to sleep Christmas Eve. Who who wanted to go to sleep? Well, kids, it's time to go to bed. Ah, okay, I'll go to bed. But I wasn't asleep. So anxious. <laughs> Guess who's coming tonight? Yeah. Santa. 
I got busted once too, by the way. I'm like, I'm I'm catching him this time. I'm gonna stay up and I'm gonna go downstairs <laughs> with my with my with my uh now if you're in England they call it a torch with my flashlight. <laughs> it's not a it's not a torch. It's a flashlight. A torch is a wooden thing with a flame on the end of it. <laughs> Sorry. What do they call torches? I don't know. What do maybe our friends in England can tell us what do you well, call that's a, a torch? flashlight? <laughs> that's, a, that's a wooden flash, flashlight. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they call. Maybe they can text you and tell you. One of the one of the guys from England on the podcast can we'll tell see. you. I have no idea. If he's well, still listening. Creeping downstairs to catch Santa Claus and little did I know that my mom was in the kitchen still doing something. And I walked down and she saw me with the flashlight. She goes, you better get your, you know what, back up those stairs and get back in the bed and go to sleep. So I did. <laughs> I was no fool. Immediately. I did want to survive the night to see my presence the next day, so I did that. So It's like Eddie Murphy. She goes to reach for her shoe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or Bill Cosby. You know, my wife's face split in half. Yeah, when she saw we had chocolate cake for breakfast. That's a description of a conniption. <laughs> a conniption. I've always heard about it, right. but I'd never seen one. I loved it. I loved his explanation of uh, of childbirth. He goes, "The best explanation of childbirth, the pain in childbirth, to me." Bill Cosby said this came from Cal Burnett. Mm-hmm. Cal Burnett told me that childbirth feels like you take your you take your what is it your, your lower bottom lip, lip and stretch it up over the top of over your head. Over the top of your head. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty bad. There That's you go. Bad. So, uh, wow! Yeah. And I got, and I, you know what? Early. I got a rant too. Another, another rant I want to do. Uh, I know I've been doing rants every Saturday for three Saturdays in a row at the beginning of the show. It's good stuff. But that's the time to do it because I want to use the rest of the show to calm down and, and feel better. <laughs> if I get the rant out first, I'll feel better. Seven seven zero three six fourteen fifty is our number. It's BK on the air. Hey, if you want to call, you can call like this person is right now. Who is this? BK on the air. It's the one and only. Hey, it's Vintage Brian's wow, calling. It's been, been a, a long time. While. How you doing? Well. That time I may would catch back up with the heroes of Saturday morning. Are we the heroes of Saturday? I didn't know we were the heroes. You're of my Saturday. heroes of Saturday. Morning. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> We've got a promotion. We went from guardians to heroes. That's, uh, actually, we got two promotions. We were something before guardians. <laughs> well, we but I can't some... tell you what it was. <laughs> we... Well, that's good to hear from you, buddy. What's going on? Uh, not much, but they have. I've seen where they have announced something's going to take us all back to when we were young and just had no idea. Now, what's that? They have announced. They have announced a Blu-ray of all twelve movies of all the Gamera movies. All the uh, what the movies? 18th, Gamera. The Gamera. Oh, Gamera. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the Godzilla universe. Yeah. Yes, they announced all twelve Gamera movies are going to be put out in a Blu-ray set on the eighteenth. I said, oh, that's great. Well, that, there's your <laughs> there's your Christmas present, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you're not going to wrap it up and open it at Christmas. You're going to watch them before then, probably, right? Oh, I'm going to watch them as soon as I can get them out, and I'll hide them back under the tree. He's unwrapping them in the car. I always wondered. I always wondered what were the creators and the writers doing in the in the room when they were thinking of uh, you know in Japan of these monsters. They were in the room thinking, okay, so we got these, we got these creatures, we got this. You know what we need? No, what's that? We need a giant turtle. <laughs> and, well, and they so say Gamera things come around. They say things come back around. I mean, you figure we had the giant turtle of, of Gamera. All right, we come back, and our kids have got ninja turtles. So, I mean, you know. Well, the turtles, yeah, I've always been out there, and I've always. Have you seen the video? I'm going to send this to you if you haven't seen it, and I'm going to post it. Have you seen the video of the guy who owns the little the, his little turtle with no heart? Well, no, it's a burrow in his backyard, a little small one, and there's a there's a little box tortoise that comes out when he calls it. He calls these by its name, and it just comes out and looks at him, and it acts like a little dog. I think that's so cute. <laughs> in fact, it may be a dog in a turtle outfit. I don't know. It's, 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 I don't know, but it's kind of cool. It's a schnauzer. 
Uh, it is. Turtles are nice. I've always had a. I had a turtle a couple of them as a kid as a pet. I really, I really liked them. Well, I kept trying to talk my mom into getting us one of those sulcata tortoises, and she's like, "No, your grandkids will have to raise that darn thing." <laughs> you know? I wanted a snapping turtle, but my dad wouldn't get me one. He wouldn't tell me. Oh, why. No, see, we had those in the pond down there, and we always <laughs> get you know. Have you ever seen a snapping turtle up close, and how they how they do things? They are so they're very unchanged from dinosaur times. I think they were like that even back then. They're very di- you don't see a dinosaur that exists today. Look at a snapping turtle. That's a dinosaur. Well, we used, to, we used to have, like I said, all of us that lived in our neighborhood, it seemed like everybody had a pond, and we would set out trot lines, limb hooks, whatever you want to call them. Right. And we would catch turtles and pull them in, and the, the old lady down the street would buy them from us, make turtle soup, and she'd say, y'all come in and get you. You talk about kids scattering, now it's time to run. I've never had turtle soup in my life. I know that it's been around for years, and I think it's a it's a French delicacy, delicacy called bouillabaisse, bouillabaisse or something like that, which served cold. But I've never had it before, fish soup or whatever it's called. But I've never had. Well, it's like everybody saying eating turtles is. It's one of the things I hear the sound. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Well, buddy, good to hear from you. And the fugitive is being redone on television too. We were talking about that on Alan's show earlier. We'll, we'll maybe talk about that as well. The past is coming back because they know what works, right? Yes. All right, buddy. Good to Leverage. hear from you, Brian. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Bye, right, buddy. Talk to you later. So, Gamera. Gamera is getting the uh, home video treatment, the whole box set, which is kind of cool. It's kind of neat. That kind of stuff. I loved it. As Godzilla vs. Kong is still being delayed, but it is coming out, I think, next year. So, God, the Godzilla universe, the, the giant monsters are still alive and well in the theater, and I'm glad for that, too. We'll go. We'll visit the Golden Rage of TV when we come back. And I got a rant. I might squeeze it in after the Golden Rage of TV, plus a lot of other stories coming up on BK on the Air. Look out. Hi. Do you know what this is? It's the letter S. And it stands not only for Superman, but for a lot of other words as well. Speed, for instance. And sky. And spaceship. also stands for sea, and sailboat, and storm, and sinking, and save, and sand. Yes, sir, S is a very important letter. So the next time you think of Superman, think of the letter S. It's my favorite. Introducing Superman Peanut Butter. Made from top quality peanuts through and through for a nutritious taste your whole family will really eat up. All right. No one can resist its unbeatable protein-packed flavor. Mm. New Superman Peanut Butter. Now landing at your favorite grocery store. At last, a peanut butter you can look up to. We're at Monster Stadium. Frankenberry steps to the plate. I'll fill it with my delicious strawberry-flavored cereal, Frankenberry. You're out! A good, nutritious breakfast with Count Chocula is a real hit. Frankenberry. Count Chocula! Both you guys are dry. <laughs> Star Trek, the motion picture, collector's close-ups. It's Mr. Spock. And Lieutenant Uhura. You can get Star Trek, the motion picture, collector's close-ups. Two on each specially marked box of the Monster Cereals. And now, back to a guy who thinks William Shatner deserves an Academy Award. It's BK on the air. 
Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here. I'm sorry, in the last segment, I didn't actually get around to introducing myself and who I was. So it's like, yeah, it's BK on the air. That's what you're listening to. I went right into it. Sometimes I just go right past that. People already know. Don't even do that. If you listen to it regularly, you know already. But uh, And if you regularly listen to the show, you know that now is the time for the Golden Rage of TV with Pat McCormick. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. Norman Lear's hit show Sanford and Son ran on NBC for six seasons from 1972 to 77 with a total of 136 episodes. Reportedly, Red Fox recommended comedians and performers he'd worked with in the past for roles on the show. One such person was a childhood friend who'd also made a name for herself in stand-up comedy. LaWanda Page played Aunt Esther Anderson, Fred's Bible-thumping nemesis of a sister-in-law. The fiery LaWanda began her career as an exotic dancer who also incorporated some pyrotechnics into her show. Bill is the bronze goddess of fire. Her act included stunts like fire-eating and lighting cigarettes with her fingertips. Page, like Fox, then rose to the ranks of stand-up, working the nightclub circuit, as well as recording several well-received comedy albums during the 1970s. Red recommended LaWanda for Sanford and & Son, and she passed the audition. However, transitioning from stand-up to sitcom proved to be a challenge for her, thus giving the producers serious doubts. Prior to beginning production, they wanted Paige replaced, but upon hearing this, her lifelong pal Red threatened to walk off the show. Seemingly, he knew LaWanda's Aunt Esther would eventually become one of, if not the most popular recurring character of all. Paige later reprised her role in the spinoffs Sanford Arms and Sanford. She also appeared in shows like The Love Boat, The Dean Martin Celebrity Roasts, Different Strokes, and more. Before her passing in 1996, the often-billed queen of comedy was quoted as saying, I lived the life I loved, and I loved the life I lived. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube and Facebook at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the Air. Thanks, Pat, you big dummy. <laughs> Sanford you and know, Son, Luanda Page. It was hilarious. I'm a big Sanford and Son fan. Such and I a know great you show. Too. Such funny a great show. show. Still funny to this day. Whenever I catch it, I watch it, and I never fail to at least once or <laughs> twice watching it laugh out loud in the room where, where someone can hear me laughing. I'm like, what are you watching? Sanford and Son. It's still funny. You know, and you know it's the crazy. people who know it and who don't because I'll use that phrase, <clears throat> you big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> And you're like, oh my God, Sanford and Son. And people go like, why'd you call him a big dummy? Like, obviously, you have or, no, no frame of reference. Or if I clen- clench my chest and I'm having a big one. Oh my God. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, <laughs> I'm the, coming. That's one of the uh, the most uh, mocked things from television. And again, from a, from a legendary who had a birthday not too long ago, Norman Lear, a legendary television creator and producer. Uh, all of his credits, as you heard from Pat talking about there. I do want to say this right quick. This week, uh, we lost a Sanford and Son. Um, Cast member Raymond Allen died at 91. He's he's the actor that played Woody, Esther's husband, the Wino, on uh, on Sanford Sunday. He also portrayed uh, Ned the Wino on Good Times. So apparently Raymond was good at playing a Wino on television because that's that who they down pat. Yeah, that's who they uh, that's who they cast like him. Foster as, so. Brooks, <clears throat> like Foster Brooks. You know, there's you know there's you say what you want about pro- portraying or acting or being an actor playing an intoxicated person that's drunk is you have to do it well for people to believe it i've seen people try to act intoxicated and do it badly there's like, two ways to approach can't it do that foster well. brooks did the kind of comic book style comic character right he overdid it which right. was funny but the best the best way to do it is to pretend you're trying hard not to look drunk <laughs> 
Because most it. people that are drunk are trying so hard to convince you they're not. Right. <clears throat> and I've seen and I've seen people do it on stage in, in, in theater productions and whatnot that, that just weren't that I'm like, okay, he's trying to be drunk, but he's either overdoing it and he's not doing it very well. Foster Brooks had my dad rolling on the floor laughing, and, and me too. He was very funny at doing it. I went and did that little binge. You just mentioned the whole thing oh, and I'm being right. with uh, Dean Martin he, when that, uh, you were talking about some of the things that he was on. I love the fact that Dean Martin cannot stay in his character anytime <laughs> when doing a scene with Foster Brooks. Right. And, <laughs> and Dean point, never could. He never could. Really he was never that could. Way. But there was, there's just something extra infectious about seeing the actor breaking on the stage like you just want to laugh even more right um there was a big outtake reel i just watched recently of a bunch of outtakes uh, our good friend chris corman on his uh facebook page had put out there a bunch of outtakes from the carol burnett show oh yes where they where they where it's not safe for air or uh, for well, there work was the one, some of them aren't <laughs> the one where tim conway just must improv almost every scene where they go just insert a joke here and every take it was a different joke and he kept making them laugh Every time, except for Vicki Lawrence, who <laughs> Vicki Lawrence finally just calls him on it and makes him fall on the floor. <laughs> Are you talking about the Mama's Family thing? Yes, there's that, yeah. that scene. Which well, is so funny. The character yeah. from Mama's Family, that wasn't it introduced first on the Carol Burnett show? Yeah, it was on their show, yeah. <laughs> it was very good. But there was a scene where Carol Burnett was supposed to be an escape artist, but she got her clothes caught and she couldn't take her clothes <laughs> right. off. And so she's selling herself as an escape artist and she can't even take her jacket right. off. If you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and look for Carol Burnett outtakes. There's one where she's got a horse on stage. She was she was closing the show with a with a song at the end. And there's a horse and they'd used a horse like in a, in a, in a skit before. It was part of that skit. And it's, it's right behind her in the scene. And the horse, I don't know, let's just say the horse had too much to eat. <laughs> at one point and it starts doing something that horses do you know you just can't stop them and she wonder, she's wondering what the audience is laughing at and she turns around and then she just falls down and can't can't handle it it's Good so funny so outtakes are funny from any show because if you're used to seeing like dramas and, and shows that are very serious and you see outtakes it's very funny uh to look at well i got a, i got a rant i got a few minutes here and i, I want to talk about another rant now what were we talking about the last couple of weeks i talked about people not dimming their lights at night and you know and i hated that we hate people that stand in line at a restaurant and they're going to order food and they wait till they get to the front of the line to start looking at the menu to order it like come on you knew you, you knew what right. you wanted come on look at the menu my rant today i want to just be real quick about this if i can um, I was listening to uh, just some streaming some music uh, on a trip I took the other day, and I'm I'm singing a song, the well-known song that I love. You know, I'm just singing along. You know how you're driving in the car and you start yeah. singing. That's the best. Showers and cars are the two best places to sing. Oh, I'm I'm yeah, I'm a, great. I'm brilliant. When Aren't it comes we great to in, in those car. two different places? I am on stage rocking the I, house. I am. I, and I remember what song it was. It was Joe Walsh's "Life's Been Good." You know, life's been good to me. Uh, my Maserati does 185. It's a great rocking song by Joe Walsh. Well, I'm singing it, and all of a sudden, I I sprain my voice and my brain. I, I sprained it. I almost fractured them because I'm singing along, and all of a sudden, I didn't match up because the song was edited. It was one of those short, shortened down, edited for time songs on this streaming oh, no. thing that I'm listening to. And now I understand why you edited songs back in the day. I, now this is not, I don't, I'm not talking about edited for content because of language or something like that. Usually just bleep a word out of a song or, or don't depending on where you're listening to it. 
but it's songs that are really long. Some songs run six, seven, eight minutes. Some are like in Agata DeVita run 12 minutes or whatever. It's just too long. American Pie by Don McLean is way long. That's the ones in the old days that the DJs would put on if they needed, needed to go to the bathroom for a while and mm-hmm. come back. But if you Alice's restaurant, I don't get right. I don't get the point of editing songs or playing the edited versions of songs now because I'm used to hearing that song a certain way, and when it went the wrong way and my vocals kept going, it was painful. It hurt me. It actually hurt my throat. I'm like, whoa! Yeah, I just, then I some, just crashed. There's some songs like uh, "Money for Nothing" by uh, Dire Straits. By Dire Straits, they yes. had to take an entire chorus out, right? <clears throat> To cause of, of course, the questionable things, but I, I don't. Please don't. There's no reason to edit songs for time anymore because there's no. I mean, streaming service is different now, and isn't isn't aren't we now? Don't we like? No, don't they know that people don't appreciate that? Don't edit your songs because if I'm used to hearing a song a certain way, right. oh, this song needs to only be three minutes long. Wait, that's a six minute song. How are you going to get it down to three three minutes? And and sometimes I can tell the edits there, and sometimes the it's poorly edited. Yeah, out. I mean, like Golden Earrings, Twilight Zone. The regular version has about a two-minute guitar solo in the middle. Uh, but they have and an I can edited version, I always hear right? the edited version where it goes straight. Like you have maybe a 20-second guitar I solo. I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. That's my that's my rant for today. Do not edit songs. I mean, if you're going to play them, because uh, Money, for, uh, Money for Nothing is one. Joe Walsh's Life's Been Good. Jerry Rafferty had a song called Baker Street, which is edited poorly on... on was it 221 uh, B Baker Street? I don't know. It could be. I don't think it's that one. could be, because he, uh, he was from Scotland. He was from... Uh, the UK. Uh, what's another one? Oh, uh, uh, ELO uh, remade uh, Be- Rollover Beethoven by Chuck Berry. They have a great instrumental Beethoven entrance to the song and whatnot. They have edited. There's a radio edit to that song that I think runs three three and a half four minutes, and it's terrible. Mm. It's it's terrible. So if you're listening, don't edit songs. I, I don't know. I don't know if they play any of the edited songs when we when we take our Americans America's music feed here on WBHF. I don't know if they play any edited ones, but if they do, I'm gonna I would be mad. Oh, by the way, did you hear about this? Since we were creeping up on the bottom of the hour, and I don't have too much time to get into depth into something real long here, is there's a shortage of Dr. Pepper going on. I didn't know about that till I read about it yesterday. There's a Dr. Pepper shortage. You can't be a pepper right now. Problem and being here's a the thing. What I've heard <clears throat> is because of the pandemic, there is a shortage of aluminum. aluminum. And yep. so what's happening is a lot of the main makers, Pe- you know, PepsiCo or Coca-Cola, right. are looking <clears throat> at Pepper's their Pepsi, top I think, yeah. brands <clears throat> and only putting the aluminum for their top and letting some of the side right. brands go to the wayside. Which means Dr. Pepper falls to the wayside and Pepsi gets all the little cans. Right. So the Pepsi PepsiCo company. So so I'm not a I'm not I'm not a pepper. I was a never a big fan of the Dr. Pepper taste or the Mr. Pib that, that rule. I, is, I like what it. Is, what is what is what is what do they put in it that makes it taste different? Is it it's, it's more like of a, a cherry spicy under- cherry thing? Yeah, it's like yeah I never liked that. Now it's, it's like a dark cherry. Mrs. BK, she never drinks soft drinks, but the only time she does is usually when she goes to either get a some fast food, which is very rare, or at the theater. When she gets popcorn, she'll get Mr. Pib Extra. That's her favorite mm. soft drink, and that's Not the one bad. That she gets. I do so. get a cherry Coke when I tweak myself. Well, um, I'm tweak yourself right now. we got to go next door. BK on there. We'll be back with Splice the Audience. Dragon's Lair, the fantasy adventure where you become a valiant knight on a quest to rescue the fair princess from the clutches of an evil dragon. <laughs> You control the actions of a daring adventurer finding his way through the castle of a dark wizard who has infused it with treacherous monsters and obstacles. In the mysterious caverns below the castle, your odyssey continues against the awesome forces that oppose your efforts to reach the dragon's lair. Lead on, adventurer. 
Your quest awaits. You mean you have an Atari video game system, but not Atari Missile Command? Well, then you must have Defender. Great game. Or a challenge like Star Raiders. What about Yars Revenge? Well, you gotta have Berserk, right? And Atari Space Invaders, a classic. You don't? Come on. An Atari system without those games? That's like having a stereo with no hit records. I find your arguments strewn with gaping defects in logic. Let me call directory assistance and uh, kids won't What's know that? what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that dates everybody, doesn't it? Uh, you keep talking about well, directory assistance. Like What's a, that? When my grandparents were talking to me as a kid and, and uh, zip codes were a new thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a zip code. They're like, I remember when there were no zip codes. I'm like, really? You can remember that. I'm like, that's that's crazy. Do you remember when they shortened the state abbreviations from four letters to two? Yes, and Alabama used to be three. Alabama used to be A-L-A period. Alabama. So, yeah. <laughs> so they, they changed a few of them, and I had to get used to it over the years because for the longest time I had to I had to change. And, you know, Alaska or Alabama, which is it? I don't know. Yeah, because uh, when I was little, I would write letters to Santa Claus, and I would put um, M-I-C-H for Michigan. And then all of a sudden I was like, we're all going to two letters, and it was just M-I. Yeah. And if you get it wrong when in doubt, just spell the state name. Just spell the whole thing, and that will really confuse them. I'm like, Michigan. What do I do with this? What is that? (laughs) I'll tell you what you can do with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's time that we, oh, we're going to flash the audience with the news, the weird, the strange, the interesting, the crazy, and the bizarre. So if I put the news where my pants are, am I doing a double flash the audience? Well, it depends. <laughs> and I'll just say that. I'm not going to say anything else at all. All right. No, I do have the first news. <laughs> Some, I should replace that with just a woman screaming. <laughs> a Tennessee woman, uh, ironically, you talk about a woman screaming. Yeah. Well, a Tennessee woman was left surprised and confused when she received her new driver's license in the mail and noticed something missing from the photo. Oh, I know about this. Herself. <laughs> Apparently, she is in league with Dracula. How, I want to know how this happens. When you read it, let's try to figure out how this happens. Right. Jade Dodd of Hickman County said she renewed her license online, but when the ID card arrived in the mail, she quickly noticed it bore a photo of an empty chair where the face is supposed to be. Dodd said she visited a Department of Motor Vehicles office to get the error corrected. The lady at the DMV did not really believe me when I was saying, hey, I need to get my license fixed. Then she looked at it up. She looked it up actually in the system and said, oh, I need my manager for this. Uh-oh. We know we're in big trouble when we say that. That is a state a employee. I'm not allowed to make a government a facility. I need someone above me to I tell me what to do. I need my manager. I do not know how to do this. <laughs> I've read the script. Did you reboot? Did you you. unplug your Have a nice day. Thank you. (laughs) When uh, Wes Moster, a DMV spokesman, said the error resulted from the wrong photo being saved to Dodd's profile. When the customer recently renewed her driver's license online, she asked she received an image of a chair because that was the last picture that was taken and added to her file. When the department was made aware of the situation, we immediately made things right with the customer and provided her with a license with her actual photo and have addressed the situation. Personally, I would have left it just as it. Okay, so 
<laughs> are you the, pulls you over. Are you, are you the chair lady of your organization? <laughs> yeah, I'm the means? chair. I'm the chair. Okay, unless it's all, some kind of automation, how does that happen? How does a human being that works there choose that photo and go, right. oh, yeah, this is the right photo. Put it with this. That's like the Mickey Mouse signatures on the tax refunds that a couple can, of weeks ago that right. we talked about. How does that happen I have without no the word idea. stupidity being in, in, involved well, in that's, there? I don't there you it. go. I don't, that's how it happens. I don't, it's just crazy. Yeah, just general the overall incompetence. Does no one look at the photo before it's sent back to her? Well, and, and who oh, was the not. idiot who <laughs> uploaded an empty chair picture to her file to begin yeah, with? Yeah, and what would it have to do? What would it have to do with uh, with anything? Nothing. By the way, seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number here. It's BK on there. Someone's calling right now. I think I know who this is. Is this Barbara? Yes, it is, and I owe you guys an apology. Oh what? no! What now? What could you have to apologize to us for? Because I'm not bringing you treats today. Oh, well, that's no. it. don't need to apologize for us for that. We do we do love what you bring by, but but you don't have to do that every Saturday. We like it though. <laughs> well, I can't come because I have to clean house. That's a wonderful reason. I never have that reason. <laughs> my maid didn't show up. Oh. Oh no. Well, that's that's a problem then. Can you send her to my house when she does show up, and I'll give you the, <laughs> my address off the air. I can give it to you. So it's my granddaughter. Okay, I'll pay her well. <laughs> okay. And she's not all that reliable. Uh, oh, okay. So she may not show up. Okay. Well, then I'll have Miss oh, B. Oh, I know she won't show up because she has other things she wants to do. Oh, <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah. So you're having that's it. You're yeah. having to clean the house today, and that's why you're not. That's perfectly okay. A clean house is a. But good you know thing that means have. you can just keep listening to us, and we'll try to make you feel like you're enjoying what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, we will either do one of two things: we'll make your house cleaning go by quicker, or we'll slow it down really slow. <laughs> uh, one or the other. Oh, it's a fifty-fifty I, thing. I think it's gonna fly. Okay. But hopefully next week I can bring you some more treats. Well, awesome. We love it and I appreciate you're out there listening, Barbara, as always. And you have a good day listening and cleaning. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. Barbara checking in. That's quite all right. She doesn't have to apologize for not bringing no, any treats. No, you don't I mean, have to. We don't expect that. Now, if you keep doing it every Saturday, we might start expecting right. it. I don't it's know. You not, know how we are in food. It's not an expectation, <laughs> but it is a nice thing. There's right. Gerard. Haven't seen him in forever walking by. Well, Attorney at law, Gerard Verzal. I don't Sorry, wanna, free plug. I don't want to look. I don't want to look at him wrong. I don't want to get a call. You know, like, I don't want to get in trouble with, a, with an attorney. I don't want to be in court. Good, Your Honor. I don't. I, I don't think do they're that. the ones who bring the charges. They're oh, okay. the ones that either prosecute or defend. It just oh, depends okay. on which side. I'll need the defense then eventually. I got the next news. <laughs> After this show, I'll need. I'll need him uh-huh. to defend myself. From I need doing this to show. retain your services. Oh, from UPI, the world's last blockbuster video store in Oregon is being listed on Airbnb for a series of 1990s themed movie sleepover parties. Did you hear about this? No, this we've is super cool. About the store, but. <clears throat> Sandy Harding, who has been the store manager at the 20-year-old store since 2004, listed the Blockbuster in Bend on the accommodation finding site for up to four people to stay on three available dates in September. Take time to relax, recharge with bedroom essentials that won't break the bank. $4 for the night. Harding had a living room set up inside the store complete with a large 1990s-era television, a VCR, that's video cassette recorder for you kids that don't know what that is, and a plethora of tapes. Well, that, that's back then, that's what we had. Exactly. That's what was going on. Quote, it's our 20th year as a blockbuster. We're hoping to celebrate that this year, but with COVID throwing a wrench into everybody's plans, we are really excited to be able to pull this thing off, Harding told CNN. She said the Airbnb listing is a way to give back to the community and has kept the video store in business while all of the other blockbusters have gone bust. 
So an interesting uh, Airbnb way to go uh, hang out. You could t- you could take your kids maybe and go look. This is how it was before you guys came along. This is how we celebrated a Friday or Saturday night with videos. There's I think a that's part of me cool. that thinks the nostalgia of that would be cute, and then I'd start looking at the video quality and the sound quality. Like I can't do it. I can't you'd, do it. You'd do that. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I would do it and look over that. Okay, I, and I'd understand, but but I don't. I, I couldn't do it. For more than just a little while, you're right. I wouldn't be able to do that because right. I'm like, I've been spoiled on. Blu-ray Once the novelty now. has worn off, I'm like, <clears throat> yeah. it's know, like people I, that still buy records. We could have like the little air popper machine with the little yeah. popcorn thing. It's you more know? of a nostalgic, nostalgic thing than anything else, which yeah. is great, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go back to uh, I'm not going to go back to using a um, a Polaroid Insta- Instagram camera, and I'm not going to go back to using records with the popping and the scratching and the noise and everything. It's cool, even though it's back. I'm, yeah, both those things back. are back. Yeah, I'm not going Weird. back. All right, guess what? I got the next news. I've been through that era. I'm not going through it again. So this time, it's not a Florida man story. It's a Florida woman story. Woman. A Florida woman said she screamed in shock when a mysterious object inside her washing machine turned out to be... A rat. No. Uh, leftover from her husband being there. Uh, no. Uh, I, that's why I can't think of anything else that would be shocking. A python. Oh, yeah, that would be shocking. Ooh. <laughs> Snakes in the wash. If, if someone said, I left a, there's a python in the toilet at my house, it'd be a totally different thing. I mean, that'd mean something totally different that I can't tell you right now. It would. What it would be. <laughs> Speaking of that, our, our, our restroom's out of order here at the station, by the way. Andy it's Murphy. out of order. And then a big brown chart then, <laughs> do 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 Alan, Alan knocked out the restroom here again. He knocked it no, out. He destroyed it. I don't know what happened, but anyway, all right. Python. Emily, it may have been. Well, they do tell you that they need to snake the drain. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let them hurry up and do well, it. Well, Emily Visnick, who recently... Rem- <laughs> recently... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to compose myself. I know here. it's good when Alan snorts on a laugh. <laughs> Emily That's Visnick, funny. who recently moved from Connecticut to a West Palm Beach apartment, said she uh, said she was she has her own laundry room in the residence and has no idea how a snake managed to get inside the appliance. Because I looked down, I saw something, some snake skin, and I was yeah. like, "Huh? What did I put in here that was like snake skin?" I reached down and it started to slither. I said, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> It's she thought she put a snake. I mean, it was snake skin, but it was a, it was there. real snake. Uh, they said animal control officers told her the snake appeared to have uh, appeared to to large to have. Oh, it's a typo here. It means to have written. traveled through the building's <laughs> pipes. The officer said a neighbor in the same building had previously reported missing a snake. Another had reported hearing one through the pipe. How system. do you hear one slither? Is he humming to himself? I, or Harry Potter does. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Python in the bathroom. <laughs> Is that like a land shark on Saturday Night Live? Land shark, python, bathroom. <laughs> Talk about python in the bathroom. Land shark. You know what? Let's put it Who this way. Who is this really? <clears throat> I did find a snake. My wife did find a snake in the house one day. It's not. It's not something that belongs in your home. Right. That's an animal. You know that just that just doesn't belong in your house. You belong in your house. I can understand getting you know the occasional bug or something like that. But a, but a snake is just not a. It's not a welcomed visitor. Seven seven zero three eight six, fourteen fifty is our number. We'll get back to the news flashes in just a second. It's BK on the air. Hello. Who's this? 
Mr. Ross, I just got I just got thinking about something a little while ago when I rode by the Clarence Brown Conference Center. Yeah. I thought hit my marvelous brain. Uh oh, that's dangerous. What'd you it think is. of? <laughs> no, I knew I nearly run into the new car museum thinking about it. I got so but you know, I heard a news reporter from a famous news station make a stupid statement the other day, believe it or not. Really no, not a news reporter making a stupid statement. Get out of town. They said with fewer people testing, the positive cases have came down. Well, no crap. Oh, you mean COVID? Yeah, funny how that happens, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, all it takes is one python in someone's toilet or dryer, you know, when you're when you're drying clothes and stuff. That's all it takes to yeah. scare people. Well, that's an interesting fact. But you didn't you didn't actually run into the Clarence Brown Conference Center or anything, did you? No, I didn't. I just Good. Uh, I thought about it. But you know, I I was sitting I was thinking about the day I came by, you know. Two weeks ago, it took you two days to get in there. I mean, the line was all the way back out on Highway right. 20. Oh, and something uh, else seen, Something else they admitted, seen, too. They're like, if you eat better and stay healthy and get vitamin D or whatnot, you might stay healthier. Uh, and I'm like, oh, really? Oh, cool. That's hey, nice. Here's know. a news tip. <laughs> if you stay healthy, you'll be healthy. Wait, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> Another great news tip. We should probably make that a headline. <laughs> We're glad you didn't run out of the road, buddy. Thanks for calling. <laughs> How come common sense isn't common anymore? <laughs> Why call it common? I would call it common sense. Common. Put my arm in this crocodile's mouth. It's going to bite me, I think. It's going to bite my <laughs> arm off. And then, oh, wait, next day. Maybe I'll do it again. <laughs> Newsflash. Touching do a hot completely. stove leads to burns. <laughs> so somebody else is on the air right now. It's BK on the air. Hello, who's this? This is Carl Rogers. Hello, Carl. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm going to call and let you know I feel you. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. I'm glad you're listening every day you're out there. Okay, that's all I want to tell you. Bye-bye. All right, take all right, care. Thanks Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Love a we'll check-in from Carl him. telling us that he is enjoying the, Well, he, I don't know if he didn't say he's enjoying He did say, I'm calling to tell you I'm yeah, listening. Yeah, that's a whole separate thing. <laughs> I, I made say, the leap from listening to enjoy. Enjoying the show, that's even better. But if you're just listening and don't want to elaborate, that's fine. Just so you're listening is fine with me. I'm, I'm I totally want you fine to know. I'm listening, and I'm miserable. <laughs> yeah, and I can't stand it, but I keep listening. 770-386-1450 if you want to call us and tell us anything like that, or if you are listening or you want to talk about something else. I've got another news from UPI. A Michigan woman celebrated her 103rd birthday and being sprung from lockdown from COVID-19 at a nursing home by trying something new. This woman's 103 years old. Guess what happened? She got married. Dor- <laughs> That might have been even more shocking. Dorothy Pollock celebrated her 103rd birthday in COVID-19 lockdown at a Muskegon nursing home on June the 16th, and her family said they soon realized they needed to get her back out into the world. Pollock celebrated her Freedom Friday by getting her first tattoo. Really? A small frog on her arm. Wow. Okay. I'm impressed. All right. It was pretty exciting because years ago, my grandson wanted me to get one, and I wouldn't do it, Pollock said. All of a sudden, I decided I would like to have one. When you're 103 and you're talking about your grandson, I have an image of a tyke. Your grandson is probably 50. He's 59 (laughs) years old. Yeah. She goes, and if I and if I could get one, a frog, that's what I'd get because I like frogs, unquote. She's just very direct and to the point. Well, why not? I mean, I couldn't see her getting, you know, death metal skull and crossbones. Because it'd be funny. If she Actually, were, that'd be that'd even be okay. cooler. I want that'd the Jolly great. Roger flag right Ray, here. Ray Reasoner Jr. of AWOL Custom Tattooing in Muskegon said Pollock is the oldest person he has ever tattooed. Pollock followed up her first body ink with another personal first. 
taking a motorcycle ride after getting the tattoo. Man, wow. she's really living it up. That, I'm, I love this lady. She's after my own heart. This, She said that her and her family are now planning further adventures. Well, what can you do after that? Skydive? Hey, you, you could, know what? You know? Why, when you reach that point, aren't you entitled to do whatever you yeah. want? Yeah, and if somebody tells you, well, you know, you could get hurt or killed, and you're like, so what? So I'm could waking up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So could sneezing later. Right. <laughs> it could kill me. I mean, you never know what could happen. So a short fall could take <laughs> care short, of that. A short fall. A really a, a, a long or short fall or anything. Yeah. Losing at Monopoly would kill me right now. Hey, I mean, we, we don't want to talk about that. That is a that's a violent game. I hate that. It brings out violent tendencies. All right, I got the last news. <laughs> a short fall. What's the last news? Oh, yeah, you, thanks a lot. You, know, you get free admission into the studio and you, you uh, bite the hand. I'm, I'm hoping this is not our good friend Malta because I've seen him and uh, this would not be good. But it oh, it's Germany. Line. That's right. A German nudist had the last <laughs> laugh after giving chase to a wild boar that had run off with a bag containing his laptop. Now, what would a really boring fellow have to do with the story? Wait, oh, no, a boar, a pig, a wild boar. Oh, a pi- oh one of those yeah. uh, mean boar pig things. Okay, sorry, right. never mind. This is this was not Eric coming and stealing his <laughs> oh, backpack. Oh, no, we I want have, that laptop. Not, we don't have... <laughs> I took your laptop. Pictures. <laughs> 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 Pictures you know what that means, on right? Social media you know what that means. show the naked man <laughs> running after a sow and her two piglets to the mirth of fellow bathers at Berlin's boar. Devil's Lake. Adele Landauer, an actor, I didn't know Adele could be a male or a female name. Oh, I well, I Adele so. Landauer, an actor and coach <clears throat> who says she, oh, it is somebody different. Uh, it is a female. Says she took the pictures <laughs> and wrote that the pigs first helped themselves to someone's pizza before grabbing the bag when the owner realize what had happened he gave his all <laughs> and recovered it she said <laughs> wild boars are common in the forests around berlin know what that means. and can occasionally be seen venturing through city parks in search for food or, or maybe the occasional laptop because <laughs> they'd like to go online and order a pizza yes you know i've or, heard or most of the restaurants are thing. closed for except for curbside <laughs> service we need right? to order that's funny. 770-386-1450 is our number. Um, now, by the way, uh, now you, you mentioned Malty, our friend from uh, Germany. Yes. Uh, and you're like, well, I hope this nudist isn't him. Well, yeah, I know why you said that, because of that one photo he posted when he went out to Hollywood. Yes. To, to tour the, uh, I'm still... The Hollywood locations like I did? Or, yeah. Or like he he, did, po- I he did. reenacted the scene from Terminator 1. At the Griffin Park Observatory. Yes. When Arnold is standing there all natural or the the cyborg is standing there the terminator the proportions were a little and different he, they were weren't they i noticed that and i'm like that doesn't really look like arnold schwarzenegger you know, schwarzenegger had like this super broad shoulder malta had a super broad waist malta is shaped like i am thankfully he Two only stayed four. from the back but even so, then that uh, was too much i thought that was funny for him to get away from, it with was that. funny that was it i was mean i wonder how fa- i would like to have seen it from from the angle he shot it i didn't want to see the other it was from the back so but i'd love to have seen the speed in which he tried to put that together and get 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 away with that and get out of there because it's not you know it's not an unpopulated area over there no it's not apparently no one was there that night well there was mind. someone who took his picture because he didn't set, oh he didn't set it up and take an unless he photo? had it on a tripod wow. i think he had someone i think he went to <laughs> this is how i picture 
picture it happening. I was like, oh my God, I got to reenact the scene from the Terminator. I got to do it. And I'm thinking, if it was me, I'd be like, oh, like the scene where he punches somebody? The scene, no, the scene where he walks up naked and sees the city of Los Angeles. I'm like, okay. So you're going to do that, okay? So, and he did. So we're doing public display of nudity? Is that what we're doing? We're going to get uh, arrested now? Is that is that what you think is fun? Hey, I just went out and checked out the locations. I didn't try to do any reenactments of any movie or show. Well, I did do the, I did do the, when I was at the Vasquez Rocks, I did go, I did do the Garn thing from Star Trek. Did you do Trek. like one of those like that fake dive rolls? No, I couldn't. No, I wanted to be able Pop to. Pop behind a rock. I wanted to be able to continue the rest of the tour. <laughs> I don't, I couldn't do that prime Shatner roll on the stuntman ground like he used to do. He could, he was in shape back then. I couldn't do it. I can't do one it now. One of my so. favorite lines from Galaxy <laughs> Quest, when Tim Allen does that twice, he goes, right. is that, is that, is that working? Is that helping? <laughs> is that helping? <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny you should mention that. I watched the Galaxy Quest documentary. Did you, wasn't last that great? Week. It was fantastic. I had no idea they went through that much crap to try to get that movie made. And, the, and, and how it turned Tim out Allen better. was the last possible yeah. person they, wa- that they wanted in that role. And how, and how we learned also that Alan Rickman was maybe kind of sort of like the character in the film with them on the set. He wasn't really, he was still nice to him and gracious, and they all loved him and whatnot, and he had a sense of humor. But he, he didn't quite get Tim Allen's star acting famedom, did he? No. And he made it fact, known. What the problem was is he's like, great. Tim Allen is like, he's taking this like a joke. He's not, yeah. pre- he's on set acting like he can he's just a, be goofy all the time. comedian. <laughs> But I think all of that, and and Sigourney Weaver or the filmmakers, the direct the director hearing from the director was fantastic. He goes, or the producer maybe said it. Having all those diverse personalities and all those roles made that made that movie better is what it did because you bring a lot of diverse people together to do mm-hmm. things like that from different walks of life or whatnot, and that's what happened. And that's actually what happened, believe it or not, if I may make the comparison like it's supposed to be made of the old show Star Trek. That's what they're making fun of is Star Trek, which is, but in a loving way, just like yeah. Young Frankenstein didn't make fun of, of Frankenstein. It paid homage to it in a great way. It didn't go yeah. overboard and insult it. No, it's um, great. The old show was like that. Shatner had his personality. Learned Nimoy was kind of like that. DeForest Kelly was like that. All of them were different. And when you come together, but it was a fantastic documentary. I'm glad I finally got to watch it because I'd forgotten all about it and I had it in the queue and I'm flipping around. I'm like, oh wait, Alan recommended this and I wanted to see it because I love Galaxy Quest. Funny movie. Saw it in a the theater. Great film. And I'm watching I finally watched it, and I'm like, man, I've got even more respect for the film now than I did. And I'm kind of glad that it didn't go the other way with Harold Ramis. It might have still been funny. It would have been a different movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, it's funny to hear how they added the actual, oh, there are real aliens in outer space. They're not just making fun of the show. So right. I think it's great. Galaxy Quest, fantastic uh, fantastic movie. And the, and the documentary is fantastic, too. Never surrender. Never forget. Move me back. Remember, if for any reason you must leave your radio, please have the man at the door stamp your ear so you can listen again later. Stand by to receive our transmission. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. That are alive, you are coming with me. The Force will be with you. Always. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Hey, we're back. 
back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Uh, dispensing nostalgic geekiness, talk radio, goofiness, and monkey business for two <laughs> hours every Saturday. I'm glad that you were here joining us as uh, regular listeners do or new. If you're new to the program, thank you for being here. I want to remind you that you can board the BK Escape pod right after the show's over. I do upload it and turn it. I actually put it through a uh, I put bionic parts on it though, and I augment it and give it the Captain uh, Captain America Super Soldier Serum and make it more it's a little more beefed up and different when I turn it into the podcast. But you can hear it on Anchor and SoundCloud and Podbean and and YouTube. There's four places out there that you can hear it. So I'd appreciate it if you go out there and give it a listen. No Star Wars report today. Channel Star Wars is taking another day off today, but. Um, Frank, uh, Pat McCormick did talk about uh, LaWanda Page as Esther on Sanford and Son back in the day on the Golden Rage of TV earlier in the show today. So instead, why don't we uh, why don't we do a little uh, Fred versus Esther while we've got some extra time? <laughs> awesome. You were a deadbeat today, my sister married you, and you still a deadbeat today. <laughs> Listen, Esther, now you know good and well the day I married your sister, I was loaded. Yeah, you was loaded, all right. You were so drunk you fell on the preacher. <laughs> But I had to get drunk to look at your ugly family. Don't you talk about my family. I'll talk about your family. Listen, for years, people going around saying, Black is beautiful. They took one look at your family and said, Hold everything. <laughs> well, that's something you wouldn't understand. We have inner beauty. Yeah, what? Inner beauty. Well, you better put your liver where your face is. Fred Sanford, you are crude and evil, and most of all, you stupid. How'd you like one across your lips? Come on, track. Come on, man. Come on, Stumpy. Stumpy, I'm tall enough to give you three of these in your nose. Come on. That's right, Fred and Esther on San Francisco breaking. It always broke out into a fight, you know, and a lot had to come out there and break it up. All I'm the not even seeing your screen. I'm just sitting back and just enjoying the dialogue between the two. It is so You good. know a show is funny still and ta- stands the test of time where, where the microphones are off, but we're just listening to the audio. I can see it because I've seen this show a thousand times, and Alan can't see it. He's just listening to it, as he said, and we're both <laughs> laughing our big butts off in here hearing that. So, you got inner beauty. You go, what? I love it. <laughs> I love that Pat McCormick on the Golden Rage of TV got to talk about uh, LaWanda Page. Yeah, today. you know awesome. another thing. Another thing about uh, Red Fox, and did you know that was not? Uh, and I, and I can't remember if Pat mentioned it. There's an, this or not, but Red Fox was not his name. That was his stage name, mm-hmm. um, or his his on stage name as a comedian. Red Fox's real name was Fred Sanford. No, his last name is Sanford. Really, and he used names of people he knew in life to name these characters, which is incredible. And you know, put a lot of put a lot of his uh, putting a lot of his uh, friends at work, comedians that he knew, like LaWanda Page and uh, <clears throat> Della Reese was on a couple episodes too. Him and Della Reese were big pals too. They actually did a show back in the '90s called The Royal Family. He, Fred came back to, to television and did a show, a, a sitcom called The Royal Family with Della Reese. And I think it, it did fair in the ratings, but not well enough to keep him. He didn't have that much success after San Francisco. He went back to stand up in Las Vegas for a long time. But uh, that's that's when Red Fox died, was on the set of the royal family while they were filming it. They'd just done doing an Entertainment Tonight interview. Red was, you know, he was known to joke around on the set of any show that he was on. Mm-hmm. We well, started doing the heart attack bit. 
you know, like kind of like, oh, they, he's doing Fred Sanford again, and you know, he only fell on the floor or whatnot. Well, uh, Red was having a real heart attack and had to be wow. rushed to the hospital, and he passed away. <clears throat> and the show went on without him for a little while, then it got canceled. Now, what was the show Delores did in the 80s? Was it Touched by an Angel? She was in Touched by an Angel, yeah. yeah okay. That's a TV show, late 80s, I think, yeah. And she was a singer, you know, and and, and they were big friends. Her and Delores, oh, her, her and Red Fox were of, friends. Do you know, there was an episode where Scatman Crothers was on the on air. On the rail. And they sang Fred a, Sanford, a yeah. duet together, which was awesome. They sure did. They did a couple of songs together. Uh, and there's another voice. And a guy who you can't mistake when you hear him was Scatman Crothers. You heard him, and you know, I know exactly who that is. Mm-hmm. You know, Hong Kong Fooey. Mm-hmm. All of his vocals, you know, he was on The Shining. The guy was, was everywhere at one point. And he was a great entertainer as well. So, yeah, Sanford and Son, still funny to this day. I think that was one of the earliest. When I started getting DVDs, when DVDs were the actual thing to buy, that was, that was one of the shows that I made it a point to get the box set of. Because I really? wanted the whole box set of Sanford and Son. Because I wanted to watch them, you know, and I hadn't seen them in a long time. So we just thought we'd sneak that in there on this segment to get a little Fred Nestor. <laughs> <laughs> to get us going and laughing here in the Some theaters, of the best the banter. And, and is, I wonder way, how funny. much of it is written and how much of it do they say, we need a two-minute fill, just well, go. according to a couple of documentaries I've watched, <laughs> you didn't. You, you usually just let Red Fox go if you needed to do something. You know, the directors were told, listen, uh, direct the show, but the guy in charge is kind of Red Fox. <laughs> so if he, you just follow him, kind of like Jackie Gleason was on The Honeymooners. are like, just follow Take the camera and just follow him. Whatever mm-hmm. he does, just just uh, you got to be a good cameraman to be on this show. So uh, and he, you know, a lot of you talked about um, another fact that I remember that reminded me of bringing up Scatman Crothers and singing on the, the Sanford and Son. Anytime a song was is used on a television show that's copyrighted, it has to be paid for for the rights for it to be used. Well, they ran into that problem with Sanford and Son because Red Fox liked to sing songs. You know, when he'd answer the door, he's like, uh, blah, blah, blah. He'd, start, he'd go into a blues song, and he's just singing it and having fun. Well, those songs are real songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a while, NBC says, you can't use any more songs because it's expensive. They're starting to to, to get into our budget of the show. Even if it wasn't it. A, a playing of the original, just right. because he was Even singing? the lyrics. If you sing the lyrics of the song or wow. play the original, you couldn't do it. So what does Red Fox do? He continues to do it and pays the royalties of those songs out of his own pocket so he can use them in the show. Now, that's kind of dedication there, if you think about it. Yeah, I think <laughs> so, that also could be Red Fox thumbing his nose and dead. You don't tell me what to right. do. Right, and that could be that as well, too. But they still got paid, yeah. so and they, he still wow. used the songs, and he paid it out of his own pocket. And, you know, he ran into a lot of trouble with the IRS later on in life, owing a lot of money and whatnot. There's actually a video. If you do a search on YouTube, look for a video called Red Fox Estate Sale Final Video. He had an estate sale somewhere in Las Vegas or Hollywood or somewhere selling a lot of his stuff, like in a thrift store, like paintings he had had stuff that he had accumulated and he was there lawanda page that played esther showed up the guy that played grady showed up and uh, bubba the guy that played bubba hmm. showed up and all these people were just mobbing this place to, to you know see see them of course which would be great get autographs but to, you know buy stuff to help him alleviate his tax bills and stuff so wow. i thought that was interesting. but it was kind of his last it's a it's an interesting video to watch but it's kind of sad to go this is kind of one of his last hurrahs you know was this and it was he's seeing in better times you know it would be nice I'll, I'll end on this as we're at a break We talked about how when the live action stuff would come out on Saturday mornings, we would mentally check out. Sanford and Son was such a good show. I loved it even as a kid. Oh, yeah, I I did too. I would watch it and be like, oh, if that's on, it's okay. That's a live action I can watch. (laughs) Yeah, because as a kid, we we knew it was funny. Mm -hmm. And I guess it was written and produced that way, which was a stroke of genius where everybody. How how about your target audience is everybody? Everyone. (laughs) That means you're probably going to be a hit. And he was. It's BK on the air. Stay tuned. We'll take a break and come back with more. Got a couple of surprises coming up. What's bugging you? I'm leaving. He'll get back here, you pants. Can they stay to winter?
Hey, we're oh. back. It's Mickey on there. Sorry, I came back in real quick. I was quick. for the music. <laughs> I was just going to say, we've got I'm our like, version hey, of Tudor on the, or uh, of uh, Enos P. Coltrane joining <laughs> That's us. That's right. Um, I have a look out. I have a, I made an error talking about Sanford and Son uh, earlier in the program, and I have on the line the official corrector of BK on there. I've been busted. Oh, no. Yeah, so um, I got something wrong. And, of course, he's going to call and rub my nose in it. Maybe he's not going to rub it too bad because I got 50% of it right. So let's see if he gives me the 50% of it that I did get right. Hello, Eric. What's going on, buddy? Barry? Yes. Hey, you're on the air. Barry? Yes. Yes, Barry. Eric. Yes. You, you, you are a pop culture uh, expert, supposed to be at least. Wait a minute. Are you saying something good about me there for a second? Wait a minute. I'm having a big one. It's a big one. Eric said something good about me. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I, 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 like, I know about pop culture. I don't know everything, obviously. I don't, th- I don't know anybody that knows everything, you know. But you said Red Fox, his given name was Fred Sampson. I did, and I was in error, and you're going to correct it for me. His last Fred name his, his last name, his last name is Sanford. Let's say that. That's true. Okay. Yeah, 50% right. Hello. Yeah, but it's... He was John Sanford. He was John Sanford, and uh, Fred was his, his brother, right? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Well, thanks and, for and correcting you, me. And, and, and Alan got something wrong, too. Alan got something wrong, too. Wait a minute. What did, what did Hold Alan? Hold on. Yeah. What did Alan get wrong? Yeah. Touch My Angel was, was, Touch My Angel was not a show from the 80s. It was a show from the 90s, the 90s. to the early 2000s. Wow. So okay. He, he got us both. Get, get, get your stuff straight now. But you, know, but you know what's funny is when we get corrected on things and we go, oh, we made a mistake. Thanks for pointing that out. Pointing that out. We appreciate that. We don't, we don't get all your so stuff So the word you it. didn't hear me in my head say was late 80s, which was fine, because I knew it was you late. You said that it felt in, like in your head, right? Show. <clears throat> yeah. But the fact that I remembered the show should give me something. And the fact that he remembered Della Reese was in it, too, was, was, was the great. The fact that you Well, now, <laughs> sir. Well, okay. And me, too. I can use the same excuse. I was thinking that Fred was his brother's name. I just couldn't remember that. So I, I knew it in my Ooh, head. Not, not, okay. not can't say that, not buying it. I do think it's cool though <laughs> that he actually used his brother's name and based it off of like almost like it's live character. And I think I think the cool part is that his last name was Sanford and he used it in the show. That's the cool part of the story. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure y'all are accurate, you know. Appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you being out there and being the fact checker and corrector of the show. Oh, well, I'll be back next week. Uh, whether or not we get something wrong, you'll still be back, right? I'll be back next week. Okay. Get I'll be back. Okay. And keep keep up with the theme music. I like that. All right, I will. I need theme music every time I call in, y'all. Well, hey, I got another story coming up. You got to hear what's coming up. You're going to love it. Oh, Lord. All we'll right. Talk to you later. Bye. Now, um, he doesn't know that I do, don't have to take the call when he calls. You know, I can see it's him. Well, it's your show. You don't I have still to take like, anything. I still like taking him because some people actually think Eric's an actor. I told and you he's the a real first caller, few so. times when I listened to your show, I was like, that's a funny bit. 
He's like, got a funny not, guy that calls like, in. What, you know? what bit? I'm like, that bit with the guy that calls yeah, in that, that, call, that, that purposely you know, messes guy. with you. And you're like, yeah. what are you talking about? That's Eric. I'm like, yeah, the bit. And he's like, no, that's a real person. <laughs> that's a real guy. So, and now people are probably thinking, yeah, they're saying it is on the air, but he's really not real. They're no, just you, saying that to justify it. I'm like, go, well, no, go follow him on Facebook. Yeah. You'll see. He's real. That's who he is. Well, I got some movie news here. Is there NSP? No. Wouldn't we... What? Roscoe. Roscoe P. Coltrane. Yeah. He's our version of Roscoe. He's got cause to go. He, he is. He kind of laughs like Roscoe. I'll get to. Maybe he's got a new nickname. I might change it. <laughs> Eric P. Coltrane. Eric P. Looks like another movie theater is opening for business coming up. AMC theaters to reopen more than 100 locations on August the 20th. They're sticking They're sticking to their plan, it looks like, because they said that not too long ago, that that's when they were reopening. They're the biggest one in the United States. I didn't know AMC was the biggest. I guess they are. They've announced that they'll be once again reopening more than 100 locations, not all of them, on August the 20th, with a f- the following two-thirds to reopen for business by September the 3rd. The company also announced it would be charging, get this, 15 cents a ticket and in honor of its 100th anniversary as a movie theater chain. Wow. I don't know they were that's how much that they were back then. As the pandemic continues on and has us by the throats, the chain will be adopting new safety measures, such as requiring members, of course, of its staff and customers to wear masks at all times, scuba gear, extra cleaning, not scuba gear, and disinfecting of high-traffic areas, implementing a limited seating uh, capacity in each auditorium and the installation of air filters wherever possible. The move comes following a months-long shutdown of movie theaters nationwide due to the continuing pandemic, with many studios having pushed back film premiere dates before opting to release upcoming high-profile titles on premium video on demand, as the case with Bill and Ted Face the Music, which is August 28th, Mulan, September 4th on Disney+, and horror-thriller Antebellum on September the 18th. Among the films AMC plans on playing when it opens are new releases like the long-delayed Disney's New Mutants is coming out on August the 28th and Christopher Nolan's late latest mind twister Tenet on September the 3rd. Interesting that's not going to pay-per-view which is good. As well as older titles like Back to the Future, Beauty and the Beast, Black Panther, Ghostbusters, Goonies, Jumanji, The Next Level, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Isn't it interesting that when they pick the one Star Wars film to show in the theaters that everyone seems to be choosing The Empire Strikes Back? Isn't well, that great? Because it is the best one. It is. <laughs> they, they got it That's right. Great. They got it right. Now, what's funny is uh, NCG theater chains have been doing this for uh, about a month or two now, two showing now. these old movies. So we're kind of ahead of the curve, and they're ahead of them on stuff like that. They're not charging 15 cents. They're only ch- charging $5. But I understand that's what the price at AMC is going to change to after the 15-cent ticket is over. It'll only be $5, which is still going to be less than it usually is, which is great. After the centennial celebration, They'll pay $5 to see older movies, while newer fares will cost regular movie prices. There will also be additional changes to AMC's Stubbs A-List program, a movie pass-esque subscription service that lets you watch up to three movies a week for a fixed fee. Last month, AMC came to a new debt agreement that would keep it financially stable at least until 2021. So a little movement on on the theater circuit there for you we're big movie fans it's no big surprise and love to see him opening back up again but we have been going to the ncg cinema chain to uh, see older movies i'm gonna we're gonna go this weekend again uh we'll we'll be finishing off harry potter on sunday to see deathly hallows part two Mm. that that will mean that we've seen the entire run big screen we've seen the entire run of harry potter as of sunday in the theater again at at, uh, ncg which is fun i'm going either tonight or tomorrow too i'm gonna go see jaws too 
because Jaws 2 is out now, along with some other older ones. Mm. And I haven't seen Jaws 2. That is the only worthwhile it came sequel out. to It Jaws. is the only worthwhile great sequel. Jaws 2 has the feel of the first film, because number one, all the cast is there, for the most part. Mostly. It has the same feel, mm-hmm. says John Williams doing the music. The only person that isn't there is, is uh, Steven Spielberg. Right. And Roy Scheider, I understand, had to be drugged back into it to do it because he had signed some kind of contract or whatever. And he hated it. He didn't want to be in it at all. But you can't tell from his performance because he's a consummate actor and he's fantastic. So. Well, but, and uh, the thing that's great about Jaws 2, they don't retell Jaws 1. I mean, no, beyond the fact that there's a shark and yeah. that they have to defeat the there's shark. There's a completely different story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, you know who you notice, who's noticeably missing from Jaws 2? Obviously, Quint, because he was killed in Jaws, but uh, Hooper. You know they have they're one, missing. From they have the, one line though about yep. it. They do re- says, reference him just to help the audience. Yeah, where's Hooper at this First point? First of all, we know Quint can't come back. <laughs> right. Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah, it turned into a different genre yeah. of film. But <laughs> they, right. they at least acknowledge. Well, they try to reach out to Hooper, but he's stuck on the he, Aurora. He's on a research vessel somewhere, yeah, yeah. and he's not going to be able to come back. He's out chasing the megalodon. <laughs> With Jason Statham. Well, I thought there's they got another, rid of the one There's great another white. shark out there. Did you hear the rumor that, uh, that some divers, I don't know what it was off the coast of or near, it was one of, one of those deep uh, straits where they go deep and dive. They caught, and it's a fuzzy picture. They say, you can't, or you can't really tell what that is. But they've, they've supposedly caught a photo of what they're calling a megalodon. And they're like, this thing can exist. It could have been in the straits down here all this time, hiding and feeding and just staying down here. And if it comes up, we're in big trouble. I'm like, well, I don't know if it's a stunt or it could be true. Anything's possible now. I mean, we're discovering new things all the time, especially in those deep parts of the water. We're like, there's a creature we've never seen before. Okay, run away from it. It looks scary. (laughs) Like the anglerfish. You ever seen the angler one? The one that, that floats really deep and it has that little squiggly thing out in front of its mouth to attract. Yeah. Uh, other fish. It looks like an antenna coming off his yeah. forehead. I think it was in. Uh, it, there was one of them in uh, Finding Nemo, right? In there, yeah. one in Finding Nemo. And yeah. once you see the face of the thing, you're like, "Things looks like a horror monster." Right. It looks like something <laughs> created for a horror movie. It's like eyes uh, that don't see and a giant thing of teeth is all right. it is. <laughs> so we're finding that. Could there be a megalodon? I'm not saying there isn't. <laughs> But I'm saying, I did I don't see know. something recently where they found some real deep sand type shark. It was pretty big, yeah. and they were showing it going past their little submarine. And they're like, "We haven't seen anything like this up close." And it would look like a giant tiger shark, right. but it was way down deep, so it looked a little different. It looked a little mushed. It's like with the pressure of the water or something. Well, the water is another frontier, like space is. You know, where there's things in the water that we haven't seen yet. How could we have possibly seen everything there is to see down there? So. I don't know if there's a megalodon hanging out down there. Uh, that's fine and dandy, but let's hope it stays. You know, when down I was a there, kid growing you know, I up, I had these imaginings that we would have underwater cities, and I'm kind of mad we still don't. Because then they're mad be about really that. Cool. You're mad about the underwater like cities, domed like underwater Atlantis cities. or something, and I'm mad about no flying cars. Well, no, We're not, mad about something. Not Atlantis per se. I mean, that's an old city. I'm talking about literally building, right? And like where you would live. Underwater, right? But you mean a colossal city underwater like Atlantis, a, a huge place where you yeah, can go. I mean, it doesn't have to be like right. New York underwater. Yeah. But I mean, just we don't have. I would, I would love if they had something like, hey, spend a month along the you know oceanic trench. Right. You go you down in the submarine, out. you check it's in, a and you live, and 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 I think that'd be just so awesome. Stranger things have happened because you know they are going to offer, from what I hear, starting is it next year or 2022, they're going to start offering the first trips into outer space for private space tourism to go into outer space. 
I, I would love to do it. Don't know if I can afford it at first. Like everything else, it will come down. The price will, Hopefully which is we great. Live long yeah, enough. we're finally able to do it. Day, we're finally right? able to do it, Alan. Like Jurassic Park. Maybe we have coupon day. Yeah. Uh, we're finally able to do it, Alan. You're like, well, I can't do it now. I'm too old. They won't let me go. You know, space. I'm giving you all the space I can. <laughs> Wait. I well, try to avoid you already. Don't your bones decompress when you're space? I'll be able to feel better and float around. It'll be okay. Really. Come back and you. Fold like a suit. <laughs> Outer space horror movies. I got a list that Variety oh, talked yeah. about when we come back in. Who got voted the best James Bond on The Guardian? All of them we return. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. It's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about. He probably doesn't either. It's BK on the Air on AM 1450, FM 100.3, and online using the TuneIn Radio app. Of course, I don't know what I'm talking about, at least from time to time. That's why we get callers like Eric calling in to correct me, like Mr. Grady mm-hmm. at The Shining. I need corrected. I think we talked about that last week. This day in, Let's do this day in history. We had a little uh, sidetracked and delayed it for a little while, but we'll do it. August 15th, this day in history, 1620, the Mayflower sets sail from Southampton, England, with 102 pilgrims. Don't know where it wound up. Do you know where it wound up? I don't know. Plymouth? Okay. Didn't they land at Plymouth the, Rock? Uh, Dodge? No. Sorry. Oh, it's Plymouth. They had to right. dodge the rocks. Yeah. I knew that it had some significance in history. I just didn't know what it was. This day in history, August 15th, 1939, The Wizard of Oz, American musical fantasy film directed by Victor Fleming, guy directed Gone with the Wind, and King Vidor that they say he directed as well, premieres at the Grauman Chinese Theater in Hollywood. This is the day that it premiered, The Wizard of Oz. Another fantastic, one of the first fantasy-type films that, uh, to me still holds up to this day. The special effects in The Wizard of Oz are amazing, even to this day, knowing it was 1939 that they did right. all those effects and those makeup. Nothing, nothing was done with computers. <laughs> I mean, it was just everything they had they to do. They didn't even know what the word computer right. was. Down, down, to the, down to the putting jello on the horses of a different color to make them different colors. They used jello mix to put on those horses and had trouble with his horses licking it off <laughs> between takes so yeah you ever licked a jello uh mix it's actually well, pretty good wasn't there a story the woman too. who was the witch they initially the, the makeup they put on was actually toxic to it was to the tin man buddy epson oh it was buddy epson was going to play the tin man and wind up couldn't not doing it because he was allergic to the silver paint they put because it was silver paint they put on them it wasn't makeup it was any anybody could have been allergic to it and it wasn't good for them to be on their skin so but I thought the, the I thought days. the witch though that hers was, was Margaret was Hamilton's toxic. bad too and they I had guess to it change the, they had to change it because I knew Buddy okay. Hamilton was allergic but, but I think yeah. hers was it was a toxic like they had some oxidized wow. okay like it was like it was like iron oxide in there and wow. it actually could kill her they didn't know that because oh, the fumes wow. or something but uh, yeah yeah because I remember seeing like test footage of her with right. the makeup and everything and then she was getting really ill well also another when she twir- does her little twirl there and disappears and it's a trap door that take her off the set to make her look like she disappeared behind the smoke well there's a flame that blows up there to help her help it look give it effect it was used with us with sterno and whatnot and i think she almost caught fire <laughs> during that too you know back in the days where you had to use what you had the age of practical effects <laughs> to do stuff which is great and they're dangerous too but hey let's get that shot who cares 1965 on august the 15th the beatles play shea stadium to a, a crowd of 55,000 in 1965. That's, That's amazing. Before I was even thought of. Well, I might have been thought of, but 
I couldn't. I don't know. I have to ask my mom. 1969, Woodstock Music and Art Fair opens in New, in New York State on this day. Woodstock really? started on huh. August the 15th. We've got a lot of uh, anniversaries today. On this date in history, August 15th, 1979, the Vietnam uh, for Francis Ford Coppola film Apocalypse Now premieres. Great flick. On this day. Uh, on this day in history, August the 15th in 2017, just a couple of years ago, Daniel Craig confirmed on this day that he will play James Bond one more time. And just we're still when waiting. We're, just when we're going to get to see it is a <laughs> question in itself. The stand-up is still in the theater when we go to NCG up on the wall. And it has the. They should save it because it still has the original release date at the bottom over there. That, that, that's changed a lot since. On this date, 2019... Another milestone, Disney Studios is the first studio in history to have five films earn over $1 billion each in one year. Toy Story 4, Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, Aladdin, and The Lion King. They're the first studio to have five films to gross over a billion. Well, in one year. Big, big surprise. <laughs> it's well, films, when you, you know. own all Come of on. the other studios. Yeah, this is Marvel that did it. It's Marvel that did it for them. Today's birthday... 1769, Napoleon Bonaparte was born on this day. I don't know if he played a role in history. I'm not familiar with who he is, but I'm sure someone does. <laughs> Ian Holm played him a few times. He did, at least once, and it was really good. Today's also the birthday of Julia Child, American chef, opera, and television personality. Had her own show on PBS where she cooked things. And CIA spy in World she War II. She was a CIA spy. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> she died in 2004. Today's birthday of uh, Mike Connors, uh, American actor, had a TV show called Mannix. Oh, yeah, Which yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Uh, for its time, that was considered the most violent show on television when it was on at the time because there were so many fight scenes and people getting beat up and him getting beat up on Mannix and car crashes. So at the time, see how far we've come as far as violence. They would have had a heart attack with The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> seen yeah, the Sopranos. See what I brought That's them. right. They watched it today. Today is actress Abby Dalton's birthday. She was a regular on The Joey Bishop Show and lots of game shows. You'd recognize her face if you saw her. Today is Ben Affleck's birthday. Affleck. Affleck. Ben Affleck's birthday. <laughs> Today is Canadian actress's Nat- Natasha Henstridge's birthday. Ooh, hold on a minute. Let's species. hold on. Yeah. Hold and on a wasn't minute. It, wasn't it her first she movie, The Cat People? Was, uh, that's Nat- you're thinking of Nastasia Kinski. Kinski. Okay. This is the blonde that was in... Uh, she was also in Ghost of Mars. We were talking about um, John Carpenter. She was in Ghost of Mars. Um, she was the best thing about Ghost of Mars. Best thing She's about She's very species. easy on the eye, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, someone else here. Let's take a moment. Today is <gasps> Jennifer Lawrence's birthday. J-Law. That's right. Box office. Let's go to 1979 since we're talking about Apocalypse Now. Released on uh, this week in the theater on 1979, August the 15th. You could go see Dracula with Franklin Langella. Wait, did you say 69 out. or 79? Because you just said uh, 69. 79. I meant 79. 79. Okay. Okay. 79. 1979, that's when Apocalypse Now came out. Dracula came out, directed by John Badham, who I interviewed on the show before. A fantastic version of Dracula with Franklin Langella. John Williams does the music to that. It's great. And also Harrison Ford. And Gene Wilder and the Frisco Kid came Frisco out this Kid. week in 1979 in the theater. Wow. There's two great movies you could go see. Go see a horror film and a comedy. Number one on the Billboard chart, August 15th, 1979, Donna Summer with Bad Girls. The song with a, a police whistle blowing in the background, which I think Bad is girls. great. Ooh, talk about the sad girls. And uh, by the way, I had a crush on Donna Summer, too, at the time. I mean, she was, you know... I had lots of crushes growing up in the seventies, and she was one of many with Linda Carter, Living Newton John. You know, you you had Charlie's I, Angels. You, you had I Dream of Jeannie, Barbara Eden on your oh. team over there, which is great too. By the way, who's still a very pretty lady, still by the way. I need to try to convince my wife. I need um, you to like dress up like uh, Jeannie. 
one one Halloween. How much convincing does it take? But it needs. It'll it never take. happen. It'll never happen. You, you're just gonna say it right off the bat. I'll try, but it's not gonna happen. Don't do it for Halloween. Just do it for me. If you do a night at the museum, I'm sure we could squeeze Jeannie in there somewhere, right? Can I get you to put your fold your arm do? over yourself and like blink and like make something happen? <laughs> I bet you could. Yeah. Well, she makes things happen other ways. Right. You, from what I understand, <laughs> doesn't have to do come, that. You come dressed like that. There's gonna be something happening. Maybe she does have a voodoo doll of you somewhere. Uh, it has a, a control. I or really wouldn't doubt it. Or locked in the attic. <laughs> I honestly, I, honestly I know my wife's got a dartboard with my face on it somewhere. Uh, today is August the fifteenth, National Relaxation Day. Today. Oh, good deal. Saturday. I get to tell the wife what yeah, we're so supposed you, to do today. Were you, were you having? To, you had something to do? Well, to do? see, if we did have things to do when I get home, I'd be like, I can't do it today. Relaxation Day. It's National Relaxation Day. You can also, on top of that, tell her that it's National Lemon Meringue Pie Day, too, as you enjoy Ooh, National I haven't had a good lemon day. meringue pie in a while. You know what? That's another thing I've never been a fan of is meringue. I don't, when people serve banana pudding, mm. I rake the meringue off, and they can have it, or my wife can have it, or somebody else can have it. I would rather just have the pie part. Ugh, I'm I a like meringue fan. Like it all. Nom, 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 meringue nom. doesn't ring my bell. <laughs> Sorry, that was stupid. Because uh, it just popped in your head. I want to get to the list here, but we don't have enough time. We're gonna, but I'm gonna introduce the list. I wonder how many of these we've seen. Variety, I'm gonna guess a lot. Well, we're both fans of the uh, space movie, and we're lovers of the horror movie. So sometimes space and horror meet, and it's a space every horror now movie. and then. Yeah, That's right. We don't like every space and every horror movie, right? But we like the genres. And Variety magazine, Variety.com, has compiled a ten list of the 10 best space horror movies. I wanted to get this out because if people are still stuck wanting, what can I watch when I'm in the COVID pandemic lockdown? Some of us are already out and about again, but we're still spending a lot movies of time at home. Movies that better be on this list include Alien, well, The Thing, and Event Horizon. Uh, well, I'll just say that you'll be we're, I'll, you'll be kind of pleased with the list, but you may have the same problem with it than I do. And you'll see what I mean once we delve into it. I'm going to start at 10 and go back to their number one. Well, it better be not something like Plan 9 from Outer Space or something. I don't think Plan 9's on here. Nope. Good. It's not on there. Good. So this list is Because it's a horror, but for a whole different reason. It's completely okay now, according to you, just because so that's not on there, right? Yeah, I feel better. <laughs> there is an old movie on here, an old black and white one from the late 50s, which I do agree with being on here. The Day the Earth Stood Still? No, that's not it. It's BK on there. We'll have that and more when we come back. This is William Shatner, and I would like to invite you to take a journey with me into the 21st century. So take the next few minutes and listen very closely. You'll be amazed at what you hear, okay? Variety has compiled a list of the top 10 best space horror films of all time. The commercial starship Nostromo. Third officer reporting. The other members of the crew. Kane, Lambert, Parker, Brett, Ash, and Captain Dallas are dead. Cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off. Ripley from Alien there, they're her last log entry. I wanted to play the snippet from Alien because, you know, it's a space horror movie and it's on the list, but I don't necessarily agree where it is on the list. So I want to 
Alan and I are going to talk about this uh, through the whole thing, and I can tell right now. But it's an interesting list they put together, and I thought that I would – I wasn't even going to do this today till I saw it yesterday. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's a new thing. Variety.com has compiled them. Let's start with number 10. We'll go from number 10 to number 1, their Works favorite 10 best space horror films. Number 10, Aliens from 1986. They put it at the number sequel. Okay. 10. Sometimes the obvious answer is also the right answer. The rare sequel that succeeds, according to them, the original, and original was pretty fantastic. Aliens set the bar incredibly high for a space horror that hasn't really been surpassed in a movie of its case since. And that's what they say about it, which is actually very interesting. And Sigourney Weaver earned a Best Actress Oscar nomination for Ripley in Alien. So that's saying a lot, Much too. deserved. When I heard that, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. A sci-fi movie got a Best Actress nod. It was deserved, but they never do that. I remember my English teacher in high school saying, I was so... She goes, I felt like what I'm supposed to think she felt like at the end of the movie. Like, I was so... And it was well done the edge way, of my yes. seat. I felt like I've been through it with her. And for you to convey that, both in terms of right. tone and performance, that's good. And you know how you talked about last week how we're supposed to be we're Jack Burton in Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. the John Carpenter film. We are Ripley in Aliens. We're right. We're part... It's like we're running beside her with a gun, mm-hmm. helping her out. You're right. All right, number nine. And by the way, you can see Aliens on Hulu and HBO Max right now if you want to watch it, unless you have your own copy. Number nine. What do you think number nine might be? on this list of their list well he, list. we already talked a little bit and gave me a heads up that some of the movies you say are way out of order yeah. or weird order yeah so would they put alien right behind aliens they put alien right behind aliens as number nine that's so wrong. list of 10 Can I tell you right, right now that is wrong that so. is just wrong i haven't even yep. gotten the other eight alien. the other eight might be masterpieces <laughs> but that's wrong no not really you, <laughs> might, you 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 well some of them are, are good but I, really. I, the order's wrong the order's completely wrong uh, and that's just us saying we didn't write the list uh Alien is number nine. Well, the 1979 right now, Ridley Scott Alien. If John Carpenter's The Thing is missing from the top ten, we've got a problem. Well, we got a lot to talk about. Okay. Number eight. <laughs> number eight on the list from 1997 Event Horizon. That is number eight. That movie which is a creepy, very me out. creepy movie. It really is with the Sam Neill. Yeah. And oh Lawrence my God. Fishburne. Yeah. Lawrence it? Fishburne. Yes. It I've seen was. It once and it scared me. I didn't know what I was watching. I didn't either. And then I kept watching it. I didn't know, but I was still watching it. I'm like, I'm into this. This and is And then at so one point scary. in time, did you find yourself horrified? You're like, oh, oh, that's oh, right. Oh. <laughs> and, for, and to do that to us is pretty good. Yeah, so I was like, how do you do that to me after all pretty, the movies um, I've seen? We're, we're, we're not like 11-year-old kids watching Alien again for the first time, but I felt like Ooh, watching that movie. There are still moments in that movie where I, I, re- <laughs> my, I pop in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, that's horrible. Yeah, it is a horror film. Number seven, Vin Diesel, Pitch Black from the year 2000. So they put Pitch Black above Alien. They did. Which now, now here's here's my thing. Let me say this about the list on. as we go. I was going to say this later in the list, but I'm going to say it now. I think the list is out of order. I think they meant to put it in the other order. Make Aliens number one, Alien number two, which Alien could have been number one. That's fine. I think it's out of order. But I put it so as, far, the, as they publish the story. This is the order they so put far, them in. I would agree with that because, honestly, Pitch Black is good. It's not better not than Alien. Alien or Aliens. I mean, as far as a horror film. I, mean, I like Pitch Black, but I mean, it's not Alien. Number six is a movie that I saw that I hated. I, th- I thought it was going to be a great movie. Visually, it was it was stunning, but I did not like it. It's called Sunshine from 2007. Did you see it? With uh, Cillian Murphy, Chris Evans, and Michelle Yeoh and Rose Byrne. They're sent in space to uh, reignite a dying sun in 2057, okay. but are pulled in by the distress signal from an earlier ship. Uh, is what the whole uh, the See, whole I had heard that that about. was a good sci-fi flick to check out. I just didn't like it at all. It but it's a it's, sci-fi horror, huh? It's considered sci-fi horror, yeah. And okay. it's number six, and it's Sunshine. higher than Alien and Aliens. Uh, number five, I do agree with this movie being on the list. And if you've never seen it, you need to see it. From 1958, it's called It, 
the terror from beyond space, and it's an exclamation point after it. It's hard to imagine that without this low-budget movie shot in two weeks, there might not be Alien, let alone the countless uh, homages that followed. Set in the future, it's filmed in 1978, but it's set in 1973, <laughs> the future, when a ship leaves Mars from Earth, bringing a sole survivor and an indestructible creature as a stowaway. Alien screenwriter Dan O'Bannon has cited the film as inspiration, and it's easy to see the two share the same DNA. While flashier and slickier films have followed it, it still packs a punch with a creature that is surprisingly effective more than 60 years later. If you've never seen It, The Terror from Beyond Space, you need to see it because you'll go, this is Alien. I'm pretty sure it's pretty I cool, remember but seeing it's it. I just have to go back and rewatch it because I, really, I don't have like in my head what it looked like. Number four, a horror film that I did like and I think should be on this list a space horror film from 1985 it's Toby Hooper's Life Force Ooh. based on this 1976 space novel The Space Vampires by uh, Colin who, who wrote the book I can't remember who wrote the book uh, this is an effective little thriller yes it is about space vampires including one sexy female vampire yes. Toby Hooper directed a script by alien screenwriter Dan O'Bannon and Don Jacoby and like the films of its ilk, it was a box office failure and went on to become a cult favorite. The makeup and special effects help elevate this movie above the basic fare. And what's a bonus is you get pre-Picard Patrick Stewart in this I film. remember seeing this movie as a teenager, and obviously I was, I'll use the word in- intentionally, titillated right. through the first exactly. 15 or 20 means. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but then as I started to get past what I thought was just the gratuitous right. nudity of the one character. Because she spends the entire film nude. Right. She really then does, you realize yeah. what's going on, and by the end, I'm like, "Holy crap! This was a good movie." Yeah, it was very good. It was very scary. Uh, they, they, and they're they're vampires in the movie, but they act a little more like like zombie vampires right. in a way. They need your life force, which they kind of pull it out. It's not your blood, but it's the force of your life. Uh, number three on the list from 1972. This is a this is a, a masterpiece film. If you've never seen it, Solaris. While some might debate the use of the moniker horror. To describe this uh, cerebral sci-fi tale from Russian helm director Andrei Tarkovsky, it's one of the most terrifying entries. If you've never seen it, you've got to watch it. It's over three hours long, and it's it's his it's very Stanley Kubrick in two thousand one ish. It came out in seventy two in that era. Psychologist Chris Kelvin is sent to a space station orbiting the planet Solaris, and while there, he begins seeing things and. Uh, views an eerie farewell message from a previous occupant who has killed himself things come to a head when his late wife makes an appearance that's right i said late wife makes an appearance and just won't stay dead there's a weird dread about their surroundings that is more powerful than most pure horror entries so if you've never seen solaris Hmm. set aside about three hours and uh, it's not an action film but it's very, very, it's very terrifying to watch it unfold and see what happens. And they remade it with George Clooney a few years ago. I thought so. And it was a very Americanized, stylish movie that That's didn't go anywhere. That's why it just didn't do well. But it didn't do well. Exactly right. But it's a fantastic film. Number two. We're getting up to number two here. We're creeping up. Dead Space Downfall from 2008 gets the number two spot on this list. See, that's why I, see you're cocking your head to the side like a like a dog hearing a whistle, too. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I'm, I think I'm you're right. Never I seen think it. they've got it in the wrong order. And isn't that based on a video game? Wasn't Dead Space a, a computer game? I think it was a video game. And get ready. Number one on the list, a movie that I've never seen and never heard. And I may want to watch it now since it is a number one on their list. I'll give it a chance. A movie called Life from 2017. While not a bomb, it did gross $100 million worldwide. It's strange that this smart little creature feature didn't get more attention upon its release. So if anybody's seen Life, call me up and tell me about it, 770-386-1450, because I've never, I've never seen it. So there's your top ten movies. So, and guess what? One of them, The Thing isn't even on the list. How do you not include John Carpenter's <laughs> The Thing? That's, that's, I could think of... 
two or three more that I would replace two or three of them that are on that list and definitely put them in different order. I, I would argue they did it in the wrong order. I think the I think number one is supposed to be number 10. Number one, number 10 is supposed well, to be number I one. I want to squeeze in one more story here as we click to the top of the hour. My name is Bond. 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 James Bond. James Bond. Hey, those were all right. the Bonds. They squeezed them all into one little Look uh, at that. <coughs> section there from TheGuardian.com. Hey, guys. <laughs> Guess who won number one on their voter for James Bond? Big surprise. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna say it's going to be Sean Connery. Sean Connery. He swept yes. a victory in the new survey seeking to find the best ever James Bond with actors assumed to be strong contenders sidelined in favor of dark sheep. Connery took 50% of the vote, 56% of the vote in the first round of the Radio Times poll. In the final reckoning, Timothy Dalton was the surprise runner-up in this poll taken by The Guardian. 32% of the votes in the climactic round with Connery on 44% and Pierce Brosnan was 23%. Trailing behind were Roger Moore, often assumed to be a firm fan favorite, and incumbent Bond Daniel Craig and George Lazenby took up the rear. So, of course, George always gets the last because he was in one film and he was a model right. and he couldn't act very well. So <laughs> He wasn't very good. One. But here's the thing. Craig, as well as being the current incumbent Bond, did you know he's also the longest-serving Bond? Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is he's clocking in 14 years of service, part Partly because of the lengthy gaps between the films, meaning he doesn't have the most films. He's just been Bond longer time-wise since he's been cast Mm -hmm. as far as time goes. So No Time to Die, his final outing is the Bond... It's the 25th film in the series is still currently due for release in November. We don't know yet. We'll have to see. Maybe AMC will show it following its date change from April, prompted by the coronavirus pandemic. So there you go. I did squeeze that in right under the wire. I will agree with that. Sean Connery, if we can agree on anything, he was the best Bond that there has ever been. I, I can say I that. I enjoy his Bond. I can really say that. And I love Timothy Dalton, the, the dark horse, the underdog. I, love I like too. Timothy Dalton. So uh, there's your Bond thing. Thanks for having, thank you for oh, having fun with me now, today. And now we have to say goodbye to our Bond until That's next right. week. The show's over. Until next week. No, let's tell Money Penny bye. Bye. Be careful there. Only one man could destroy a Caribbean island. Only one man would drive a car with an ejection seat. Only one man can turn off an atomic bomb, blow up a volcano, hold a helicopter in a suitcase, a rocket on his back, artillery in one hand, and a beautiful woman in the other. Only one man. Who are you? My name is Bond. James Bond. He's back. Sean Connery as James Bond, 007, in Ian Fleming's Diamonds Are Forever. He's back in the diamond fields of South Africa, in the casinos of Las Vegas, on an offshore drilling rig, and 180 miles in space. Sean Connery as James Bond is back, and he's bigger than ever in the newest, greatest Bond adventure of them all. Diamonds are forever. Diamonds are forever. From United Artists, rated GP, may contain material not suitable for free teenagers. Diamonds are forever, 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 forever. forever, forever.